I don't really care. I'm only going to say this once. We're here just to part. We're here to take over. This is going to be fun. You're killing your father, Larry. The people know it. I see what all the excitement is about. Yeah, my man, I made it happen. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Paul Show. My name is P-A-U-L Paul, and uh, today is a very special anniversary. It's a very special day, and uh, you might be thinking to yourself, well, well what day is it, Paul? And uh, great question, right? and I'm going to give you a second to guess. You would be correct. It is the 15-year anniversary of WrestleMania 21 put on by World Wrestling Entertainment. And um, I thought today would be a... And, and side note, my favorite WrestleMania because... Um, well, I'll get into that here in a second. But um, yeah, it's the 15-year anniversary of WrestleMania 21 from L.A. And I thought today would just be a great opportunity to kind of go through and talk about why I love pro wrestling why i've always uh, been into it and kind of what my relationship with it has been over the, over the years so um first of all let's just talk about wrestlemania 21 april 3rd 2005 um at the staples center in los angeles and it was an interesting time in in the world of pro pro wrestling at that time uh, I think the reason why this sticks out to me so much is like my favorite WrestleMania and my favorite sort of event and, and hallmark of my wrestling fandom is because I was at the height of my fandom at this time. So I was I was eight years old, eight or nine at this time. And and to say that I had had gotten bit by the wrestling bug would be a tremendous, tremendous understatement. I had been bitten by a wrestling tarantula, and it was not going to let up its grips lightly. You know, I was, um, I was in, and, and I was, I was hooked. And I remember, I didn't, I didn't watch the the pay per view live that year. I, I wanted to, but it was like fifty dollars, and and that just wasn't something that. I mean, I was nine years old. I didn't have fifty dollars, and my my mom at the time was like, "We're not paying fifty dollars for you to watch that." Uh, so it was just, it. I didn't watch it that day, but then it, I remember like, I, I want to say like a month or two after that. I mean, it was, it, it couldn't have been long after that. I think it was later that summer. Um, I ran across it on like the dish network at the time had, uh, you could buy these things for really cheap and, and they'd play all day and it was like old stuff and, you know, stuff that wasn't necessarily ready to be shown for free yet, but it wasn't necessarily full price stuff yet. So it was still pay-per-view, but it was, it was a, a cheaper version of of pay per view, and so it was through. I think I think I remember it was three ninety nine, and it was a twenty four hour loop of WrestleMania twenty one. And I remember I watched it like four times or something like that, just the whole show over and over and over again. And I thought this is awesome. Like it's just it just keeps playing and playing and playing. And it was, I mean, I'm, but yeah. So. I'm just going to run through some of, of the card and, and it was a pretty stacked card. Like looking back, I, I don't think that, um, WrestleMania 21, 2005 gets its credit. 
uh, when when people talk about that, especially in the wrestling space, because you know it the it was a good year. Like there was a lot of stuff that that was going on at that time, and and a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Like the uh, the card, the WrestleMania twenty one card. I'll just stop start from the top of the card down, and I mean it was a stacked card. So Rey Mysterio versus uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie Guerrero last time we would see him at a WrestleMania kind of I he he had a cool they had a really good match like I I remember watching it was so it was just so high paced and and fast and all that I mean it was really really good um then you had the first ever money in the bank match where Edge won that and 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 that was cool because that was where the the wheels really got behind Edge and and it was he was firing on all cylinders at that point and just he was doing it and he was doing a really really good job at that time and really just i mean that's where the rocket ship really strapped to his ass and he he really just took off after that and and that's when he went into the whole Matt Hardy situation and Lita and and blah 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 so that was i mean in the money of the bank match i remember just watching that for the first time and just being in awe because I, you know, you'd never seen, you know, I, at that time I was fairly new. I, I was fairly new into wrestling. I'd probably been into it for a few months at that time, but I had seen some of the, the ladder stuff and, and just some crazy stuff like people flipping off ladders and, uh, all that, that kind of crazy high flying stuff. But, um, you know, I had never seen a six-man match with the amount of ladders and the amount of just craziness that was going on in that match. At the time, it was something that was really, really groundbreaking and legendary, and and it did it did everything it was supposed to do and more. I mean, now they have an entire pay-per-view, which I think kind of bastardizes the match a little bit and bastardizes the concept. But you know, at that time, it was it was something that was really innovative. So. And in that you had Edge, Benoit, Jericho, Christian, Kane, and Shelton Benjamin. That was, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better lineup of guys to be in a match like that. Uh, moving down, you had Taker versus Orton. Great. I mean, with those two guys, you're not going to get anything bad. And and I think that it wasn't necessarily a show stealer, not something that everybody talks about now, but it it was definitely something that, it, it it was a good match and it was it accomplished what it needed to and it and it it forwarded the streak on and and all that stuff so uh then you had Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemi which they got a whopping 4 minutes and 11 seconds uh so not not a long match there but but again that was that was Trish Trish Stratus's era kind of and she was she was on top and doing her thing and and really just killing it at that time, so you know she she deserved that spot and and you know there is always that question of well if you're only getting them four minutes, you know they, they were the only women's match on the show that year and it was just a different time back then, but you know it was it, it accomplished what that needed to too. Then you go into Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels. Um, that was a crazy match. That was insane. I mean, that was just off the wall. Another just great match. So you had Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, Money in the Bank, Taker Orton, 
now Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels. Uh, then you had Aki Bono, uh, the world-renowned sumo wrestler, which I had never heard of him before that, I guess. But um, and, and I really haven't heard anything out of Aki Bono since then, but it's a good sushi place in Des Moines if, you're, if anybody's looking to try that out. So uh, Aki Bono <laughs> defeated Big Show in a sumo match, and they got a whopping 62 seconds. So uh, props to them. And then the last two matches are really where the, you know, the two kind of big monumental stars were really born that night. And John Cena defeated JBL and Batista Triple H. So that, I mean, that was... Just that card, just reading those names off. And, and by the way, the the match I didn't I did not um read off there was Booker T winning the Battle Royal. So you have a you have a WrestleMania where somebody who is is an as notable of name as Booker T and he's in the pre show battle royal that does not get aired. Pretty uh pretty cool. I mean that that should tell you all you need to know about about how stacked this card was, and just how crazy of an event it was. And and I just remember looking at it, and and it only gets better with time, right? Like time only helps this kind of event because at the time people were kind of down on it because we had lost um, WWE had lost The Rock, they had lost Stone Cold, and and they were really kind of in a in a downturn, and and hence why they had this in the Staples Center, and not in a stadium somewhere. But you know looking back on it now it's like wow they had i mean they had some really big names on this card and and time only helps this event and it was just really cool and i remember just i i had this on dvd oh and um the thing i forgot because i was just reading the the result card down but um the thing i forgot about that is hulk hogan came out he he had been inducted in the hall of fame the night before and and i'm going to talk about the hall of fame in a second but um you know, it was, he got inducted in the Hall of Fame and then came out, did the whole thing with Muhammad Hassan, you know, kicked him in the face, big boot, you know, big Hogan celebration. It was, I mean, that accomplished what it needed to, too. I mean, it was just, it was brilliant. And so, like I said, he got inducted in the Hall of Fame. So going back to the Hall of Fame for, for a second, um, the night before WrestleMania was the Hall of Fame. And this was when they still had the, I call it the desk set, when they had like the desks up on stage and and after people got inducted, they'd go sit behind this these desks in these office chairs. I thought it was a pretty cool set. I enjoyed it. But um, let's see. Who was in that? Let's see here. All right. So the Hall of Fame class that year, and I'm just going to go, I'm going to start with the first and go up to and, and finish with Hulk Hogan. So you had Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, Paul Orndorff, Jimmy Hart. He got Jimmy Harted in there, didn't he? Uh, Cowboy Bob Orton, Piper, and Hogan. A talk about stacked right there. That is, uh, that's about as stacked as a Hall of Fame class can really get. And um, Piper could have could have headlined his own class, 
all by himself. He didn't need a Hulk Hogan, but it definitely, and I think that definitely took some shine off of off of uh, Roddy Piper. But then again, he also had a segment in the in the WrestleMania 21 show with with uh, Steve Austin that year. And so, that it, well, like I said, everything that keeps coming back to me just makes this show cooler and cooler. You had a Piper's Pit with with Steve Austin and and you know all that stuff. So that's a that's why it holds so much. Uh, valor for me looking back on it because you know there was just so much going on at that time and there was so much good stuff happening and I think that I think that it's only going to get better from here too like this that event WrestleMania 21 that weekend if they had that now they would be I mean WWE would be popping champagne on the on the private jet you know what i'm saying like they'd be they'd be popping bottles and, and living good because a car like that would draw some serious money today but uh and, and if they put that in a stadium that would that would be insane especially with now the level of the level of just mainstream stars that that john cena and batista have become in in movies and and all the stuff they do you know you couldn't ask for anything better than that so you know i think that they would this card really epitomizes everything that i loved about pro wrestling there was story there was there was an arc there was a lot of um you know like with the with the batista and triple h it was kind of a payoff to a long build right and and that's amazing like that when that when that kind of thing is done right it's it's beautiful to watch. Uh, Cena and JBL. It, it was a little bit shorter of a build, but still a payoff. And and you know, and, and the biggest thing is like the matches delivered. I mean, it was it was action. It was it was really good stuff from top to bottom. And so that this card and this event epitomizes everything that I loved and and still love about pro wrestling. It just is. You know, and and I'm going to talk about kind of what I what I really do love about pro wrestling and why I have always been into it and why I've always been a big fan of of pro wrestling and and everything that it that it brings with it. So, you know, like first thing is just it creates some iconic moments, right? Like it creates some. I mean, you you think about the Hogan slamming Andre. You think about Austin with the beer truck. You think about um, anything involving Ric Flair, you think about, you know, The Rock, it doesn't matter what your name is, or if you smell, or anything with The Rock, like, it, it just creates those iconic moments with, it, that, that, that are then referenced in pop culture, and I feel like pro wrestling has this stink on it, right, it, everybody likes to use it's kind of that like third cousin of of pop culture. Like everybody wants to use the cool stuff, but eh, it's just that wrestling. You know what I mean? So it, but it does create some iconic moments and and stuff that just lives. And and you know you can go back and watch WrestleMania three and watch Hogan slam Andre, and that is just I mean the place goes insane. And they had ninety. The number is the number is debated, right? But let's say that they were right and they were telling the truth. They had ninety three thousand people in that built in that place in Michigan. So, like that's that's pretty crazy, and that's just pretty. It's pretty awesome that 
you know, just those moments. And, and it's just creating that electricity. And, and then you think about like the rock and Hogan at 18 or, um, Brock Lesnar doing the shooting star press and almost breaking his neck at 19 or just any of the really, really iconic moments of WrestleManias. Those are the, the iconic moments in just pro wrestling in general. It doesn't have to be at WrestleMania, just those iconic moments that we all know, uh, Austin stunning, uh, Vince McMahon and, and all those, those things that, just grab like floored the audience and and really stand the test of time those are the cool things and you know and the other thing is is i just love that something like pro wrestling exists right because it's everybody knows that it's not a sport quote unquote right like it's not a a a competition sport it's it's theater Right, it's it's violent theaters is how I always say it, and and it just it's the suspension of disbelief. It's the suspension of uh, everything that makes you skeptical, and s- suspension of c- cynicism is is a good way to say it because you know like it, it's really easy when you when you watch it to to kind of look at it with a with a stank eye and with that that kind of side eye but if you can just kind of go for the ride and when you do go for the ride it's amazing and when it's done right the product itself is amazing when when it's done in a way that gets you the audience to invest in the story and invest in what they're doing and really be like oh like these you know you know like i'm i'm reminded when i talk about that there's been really good stuff even in the last 10 years in pro wrestling i'm i'm reminded of the um, the whole Daniel Bryan storyline and, and what they did with that. You know, I think it's my opinion that that, that was way more intentional than, than they wanted to seem. And I think that they, you know, Triple H and, and Miss McMahon are, are smart dudes, right? They want people to think certain things. That way the payoff is even greater, right? So... They want everybody to think that they're holding Daniel Bryan down. They want everybody to think that he's not getting a fair shape because then when, when he does come out on top, it's going to make that so much sweeter. So I think some of that was, and I'm not saying that they didn't want to push him and, and he wasn't the, you know, I'm not saying that he was their their cookie cutter top guy archetype, right? He definitely was not, but what I am saying is that I think that once they saw that he had some momentum behind him, they did pump the brakes because they knew that they could kind of squeeze that out to, to WrestleMania 30 and have that moment and, and really do what they did with that. And I, and I went back the other day and I watched the, the Daniel Bryan triple H match that opened that show. And that was, that was crazy. And, and it was just, it was everything that was good. That's good about pro wrestling. And that whole storyline you know that's one of those things that I that I think that was done right, and that was, you know, when something is done like that and it's done correctly, you know, pro wrestling is is amazing, and it's you know because it's it's story, it's spectacle, it's it's grand, it, and then it's thrilling, and just all those there's there's a lot of elements that make it very very exciting. Um, there is the other side of that coin that when it's done wrong, it can be hard to watch, and it can just be 
kind of something you you're like, oh my god, like you know, I I find myself doing that. I I'm a pretty much a lifelong fan of, of pro wrestling, and when it's done wrong, I'm the first one to go, God, that sucks. Like it's hard to watch. Like I went to a to a WWE Raw came through town in December of of last year. And I went to that, and I just remember, like, halfway through, I was like, they're not accomplishing anything. Like, it's it, – it, there was nothing that really hooked me in as an audience member. I mean, they, they still got my money, so I guess who's the who's the sucker? But, you know, like, it was just – it was one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I th- – it wasn't being done right at that point, and it wasn't being done – at least not in my eyes. And and maybe, and it's always, the business is always going to go in cycles and it's always going to go, um, it's always going to go up and down and there's going to be slow times through, through the year and, and times where it really ramps up and it's really exciting. And so end of December, middle of December, I, I probably just caught it at a bad time. You know, if I had gone to, you know, if the coronavirus stuff hadn't happened and life had just kind of continued as normal and that show had been in late March, you know, completely different story because then you're building to the Super Bowl, right? You're building to the biggest event of the year. So that would have been very, very exciting. And like I said, when it's done right, it is very, very exciting. And and it's something that will draw you in and and you can really invest in the storyline. And like last... November I went to NXT takeover in uh in Chicago and that was that was fun because they you know th- there wasn't a, a ton of storyline it was pretty much you know I I hadn't really been paying attention at that point I had been kind of I always pay attention but I never sit down I mean if if I sat down to watch all the wrestling that's on TV right now that's all I would get done right I would not get anything done and because think about it there's three hours on monday uh let's see tuesday there's an hour of AEW on on tuesday on youtube there's four hours of content on wednesday nights and then two hours on friday so two ten hours a week of content that the and if you want to sit there and watch 10 hours of content that's I mean I just don't have that kind of time and so I I don't get to sit down and watch it on a regular basis but I I was paying attention marginally at that time in November of last year and I ended up having the opportunity to go to takeover and it was just so much fun like it was it was that's when it's done right right like because I was sitting on the edge of my seat and I was like I remember feeling exhausted after that like I was just like whew you know, like it was, it was just the best, the best live wrestling show I've ever been to by far. And, and part of that was they had war games and, and they had the two cages. And, and so some of that stuff just lends itself to being very exciting to watch. But also at the same time, like they're, they did do a good job of, of kind of reeling the audience in and getting the audience very, very invested in what they were doing. So, well, you know, like I was saying before, it, you know, when it's done right, it can be amazing. And that's when I love it is when it's done right. I'm not one of these people who I'm going to defend it when it's, when it sucks, you know, because it does suck sometimes and it sucks 
it has sucked for the last couple of years, but there are little things here and there. Like I think the way that they did, the way that WWE did Ronda Rousey was amazing. Uh, the, the the way they used her and and the way they presented her and and just the way she came off on their program. It, I mean, it was it was amazing, and you can't say it wasn't. Were there some missteps? Absolutely. I mean, as with anything, there there are going to be, but for the most part, it was very, very good. Uh, AEW, the way they used John Moxley and brought him in and, and kind of played on the speculation and then, but not, didn't really say anything about it too much. And then for him to just show up out of nowhere at, at double or nothing last year, I remember I watched that. I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch double or nothing live, but I remember watching it when it came out on Twitter and I was, I found some, uh, may or may not have been legal YouTube videos of of that moment and of that of Moxley's entrance at, at Double or Nothing and I, I remember getting goosebumps. Like I got goosebumps because it was so it was so cool. So they did that correctly and that was that was exactly what it needed to be. And so like when it's done right, I get really into it and really invested. When it's done not right, that's when I find myself um kind of withdrawing from it and and leaning out um and i think when it's done right it's it's nothing more than just fun right that's what it is for me is it's just a ton of fun and it's just something that i can always go to and and even if it's just watching something and and i'm always i've always been more more interested in the behind the scenes aspects of it you know i've always been more it's hard for me to buy a DVD or or put a DVD on that's like so and so's best matches. But if you can package their career in a story and and have it like a documentary style, which WWE is amazing at doing those, they are are head and shoulders above above a lot of people at doing those those documentaries. And you know those are what I've always grab gravitated to and and the behind the scenes and the 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 logistics of the business. That's what I've always been drawn to. And so, you know, if I ever need something that's just going to cheer me up and, and something that I can just put on, I'll put on like, I, they had a, a series on the network. Uh, I mean, it's, it's out now called Ruthless Aggression. And I love that because that, that was like when I became a fan of wrestling was during that era that, that, early mid 2000s era. And so going back and listening to the people who were the main figures of that talk about that time and talk about how they were really feeling and what they were going through and and all that stuff and it's packaged in this amazing story. That's what I love and I love just kind of and it's obviously anything that's on the network is going to going to have that WWE slant, but you know I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, and you just have to know that going in. You're not going to get a, a a raw, like, obviously they're not going to put something on there that, that on the network that makes them look bad, right? Um, at least at least not a lot, not a lot of that stuff, and especially not stuff that is going to draw a lot, a lot of attention. So, you know, it, it, I've always been more fascinated with the behind-the-scenes stuff and kind of the the inner workings of it. And so 
it, it's just fun for me. Like it's fun to learn about it. And, and growing up, I, that's what I did is like, I, I would get these DVDs and like the superstar DVDs of like, I remember one I got was like Shawn Michaels, the, it's like the, the story of blankety blank superstar, you know, like just the, the documentary style stuff that they put out is, is head and shoulders above most things. I mean, ESPN does great with their 30 for 30s, but you know, I think, I think anybody who wants to make documentaries, wants to make these kind of pieces like that should learn from what the WWE does with, with their product because it, it really is amazing. And even if you're not a wrestling fan, you can turn one of those on and you can understand what's going on and you can understand um, the the human side of it, right? And you can understand the the really personal side. And especially for a business that that lends itself to being kind of out there and, and very boisterous and very over the top, you know, these the behind-the-scenes stuff has a very at least for me, it grounds it to earth, right? And it, it brings it kind of back down to earth and just gives it that human that human side where, because these these guys, when they go out on TV, are so larger than life, are so kind of over the top, like I was saying, that it's nice to see that human side of, of these people. And, and they are people and they do have... They go through the same stuff we all go through, right? And so just learning about that kind of stuff is is something I've always been into. And and like I said, pro wrestling when it's done right is just is just fun. And it, it will always be that for me. And and you know it I love it. So uh the the other thing I love is it it's a really cool business case study. I mean Vince Vince McMahon, by the way, is an animal animal he is insane the man sleeps like four hours a night i mean he's probably i I don't know who he is uh he exhausts me when i when i look at him because his schedule is so insane and he's 70 years old uh taking a variety of of illicit sub supplements uh we'll, we'll say that and he um yeah he just he's the man and if you look at what he did with WWE from the early 80s when he bought it from his dad to now, ooh, I mean, I don't care what business you're in. I don't care what um, line of work you're in or, or you know, what industry. You, you have to look at that. I mean, it's right along the Ray Kroc McDonald's thing or um, just any any big business like that that, that really started small and just blew up nationwide. It's on par with any of that because, and, and for those that don't know, I will, I'll just kind of break it down here for a second. Um, so Vince McMahon bought his dad's territory, which, and, and by the way, in the eighties, in the wrestling business was very territorialized. It was very, um, like, like the Midwest was a territory. And then the, the Rocky mountains had their own territory and the Smoky mountains in Tennessee, had theirs with Jim Cornette, and then Texas had a couple. Um, it was like Mid-South, and then Florida had their own. And so it was these little pockets of, of territories throughout the country, and each one had their guys, and, and people would kind of go work for these different territories and, and work for different promoters in these territories. And 
uh, Vince McMahon came in in the early 80s and goes, you know, he saw what none of these other guys saw, and that was that instead of having, you know, 15 different territories throughout the country, there can be one company that does it for, I mean, like the NBA, like like any other, any other uh, like the NFL, I mean, like anything. It's one organization instead of 50. I mean, there's teams and stuff like that, but just the nat- the nature of that beast is is different. So he saw something that was that was growable and scalable, and and he had the benefit of being in New York, so he could he was in kind of the hottest market at that time, and and still probably one of the ho- hottest markets in the country. And you know, he just grew that to be this global juggernaut business that is just insane. And and first ever pro wrestling company to go public, you know all that stuff, and it, and when you think of pro wrestling, you think of WWE, just like Kleenex, just like all that different stuff. And I think Vince McMahon deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean, he's an animal. I I, I mean, he, the man has his flaws, but you have to look at what he's done business wise and respect it. I mean, there's no way you cannot respect Vince McMahon, and um. Sort of the last part of of why I really like pro wrestling is, I mean, this isn't a reason, but but when I look back, a big reason that I started working out and and being becoming interested in fitness was because I was watching pro wrestling and I'm like, how do like how do you get to look like that? And then just doing like the first the first book I ever bought on bodybuilding was. Uh, Triple H, it was, uh, oh, I think it was called Making the Game or something like that. But um, that was the first ever book or content that I ever bought about fitness and bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was a big reason for me getting into the gym for the first time and really wanting to dive myself more into that world. And, and as I've gotten more into that world, I've kind of it's its own thing. And, and I've been able to separate that from the pro wrestling thing, but, you know, getting started, I mean, it was a big thing and, and Triple H's book did give me a lot of, of guidance and, and just practical advice on, on bodybuilding and all that stuff. So, you know, it's always going to hold kind of that special place in my heart because it is the reason that I, it has shaped my life from the time I was eight, eight years old. And, and has really just given me an anchor in life and, and something that I've, I mean, it has shaped my life in a lot of different ways. And, and for that, I will always love pro wrestling and always love that world. And, and yes, it's out there. Yes, it's, um, it's scripted, but it's just, it's so much fun. I mean, it is just, when it's done right, it is just a ton of, a ton of fun. And, you know, if you're, if you're not into pro wrestling, I hope you will will give it a shot, give it a chance. It's it's so much fun and, and when you get into it, it's amazing. And you know, there's nothing better than going to a an electric live event and and really just being there and being in that environment. So um yeah that is that is pretty much the pro wrestling episode of the Paul show. My like I said, my name is P A U L Paul. As always Give this episode a like. Follow me on social media at Paul underscore Dehart, D-E-H-A-R-T. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Hopefully this is going to go up tomorrow, Friday, April 3rd, to commemorate 
the best ever WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 21. And um, yeah, I'll talk to everybody in the next episode. Later, folks.